0: I'm sure many of you have been to Little League or Pee Wee baseball games, and they can be quite hilarious because our children just uh, cuss up. They're, they're so cute and the things that they can do there. And I was reflecting, it was about, I don't know, over two decades ago, I was actually down in San Diego going to this game, and one of the Pee Wee, probably seven or eight year old, the boys, he, uh, he just wasn't really into the game, you know? He wasn't really dialed in. And so, the pitcher was pitching, and he said, he he thought to himself, this kid is like, I'm done with this. So, during the middle of this pitcher pitching, he just started walking off the field in front of the pitcher as he was pitching this inning, and then uh, the pitcher pitched, this kid was just still walking to the dugout, and uh, somebody hit a hit, and it went to the outfield, totally oblivious to everything, goes in the dugout, lays down on the pew, puts his head on the the bench and uh, falls asleep, it was just hilarious. And I think later, maybe that game or a different game, I saw him, he was out in left field, you know, you're playing defense, you want to be, have the proper disposition. He's out there in left field and he's sitting down with his back to home base and where the batter's batting. So totally, you know, kind of looking up in the sky and it's like, oh, the clouds and the birds and things like that. I just thought it was hilarious. The proper disposition, and as we come into these heavy readings today, because there's a lot of smack that comes down in these readings today, I want to go after, well, what's our disposition to all this? Because this is very radical. It's a very tall order that we have today in our, our readings from the first reading through the second reading to the gospel, where we continue the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus laying down the law and the commandments. So I got this catcher mitt, okay? So you and I are effectively becoming catchers right now, okay? We are in the midst of this, in in the midst of the church. Now, say you're a baseball catcher and you're behind the plate, but you have your back to the mound. How's that gonna work out? Uh, that's not a very good disposition to be in. Or what if you're just sitting with legs crossed behind the home plate? You're not gonna be very mobile and you're not gonna be a very good catcher. What if you're laying down? What if you're like reading the breaking news or even the good news when you're supposed to be catching? That's not gonna to fare too well for us. We can be, what if you have a couch back there and you're napping like our friend that, that I talked about at the beginning? Not gonna be good. So. When we, we go, and we are a catcher, we want to be in a crouch position, ready to receive 100% the delivery of a very human pitcher. Yes, we work with him to make the call, so you know what kind of pitch basically is going to be, but it's, it's, it's a very fallible pitcher, and you got to be ready for any kind of, you know, a wild pitch or whatever that might be. But. The pitcher that we have when we come here to the mass is a 100% infallible pitcher. He knows and delivers and says what he will deliver. And we, he knows exactly where and how that pitch is going to come, and we have to be ready for that. We don't know. We don't make that call. So when Jesus, we experience him today teaching, he's, he's giving us something. He's laying down this law. And this law is not to crush us or to humiliate us, but it's to bring us to fullness. Not the least bit, not the iota of the letter of the law will be thrown away, but I wanna bring you to the fullness of my life. Hear, obey. Okay, what does your spirit say when you hear that, when I say, hear, obey, do this? Boy, we can be rebellious. But our whole job is to catch his pitch right down to the pitch of the pitch. We want to to go to the heart of it. And we want to know not just the what, because I think that is a stumbling block, but the why of the pitch as we celebrate. Because a lot of times we just want to hear what we want to hear. But what we hear today is this tall order, this tall order, and this radical demands of the Sermon on the Mount. St. Augustine says this, if you believe what you like in the gospel and reject what you don't like, it is not the gospel that you believe, it's you. Woe is you. Woe are we if we believe in ourselves. What power do we have if we are just believing in my law and the way that I'm running my life? That's recipe for disaster. Just happened recently, I don't know if this ever happened to you, just happened recently, somebody told me what to do. You don't tell me what to do, and my ire came up just like that. You don't tell me what, I know what, I know what I'm doing. How, how could you claim to have an authority over me? But as we come here today, brothers and sisters, friends, you can't pick and choose in the church. And some people may even say, well, that's not in the Bible, so I'm not going to follow and believe in that. Well, the in-era inspired Bible came from an in error inspired source, and that's called the church. That's called the tradition of the church and the teaching of the church. So what the church calls us to in terms of obeying the laws, it's not negotiable. So this hard teaching today is like laying down the smack, but the smack is law. And law is love, law, love always wins. That's the law, that love will always win over every darkness and every shadow. And that's the good news why we come here today, to celebrate that, to celebrate that down to the last molecule, because that's going to be heaven, because no even shadow of a darkness of a molecule is there. It's pure light. It's called the beatific vision. It's called about fullness. And not one iota of the law will be thrown away from that. So there's a, a progression in these verses from our first reading from the what to the why. And I, again, I think the what's a big stumbling block for us today. But we hear in the first reading basically obey the commandments, trust in God, and you will live, and you will have life. So do, don't, Yes, no. But I think that is kind of like a grade school understanding of morality and the law. It's a grade school disposition that we would have for what the Lord is trying to do for us if we would just let him. And then we go to the second reading, Mystery, a beautiful reality and term in the catholic church we celebrate the mystery of god that means it doesn't mean we can't know something it means that we can endlessly know something it goes on and on and on and it expands the mystery of god that we can share in the very divine life that created us and we have the freedom to exercise how deeply or how shallowly we will enter into that mystery according to how we hear god and say yes i want this i want to be with you all of you And then the third in our our gospel today, Jesus is laying down these commandments, but it's the inside of the commandments. It's not so much the what, but it's the why of these commandments. Why is he giving that to us? Why? He wants fullness for us. He wants our lives to be the perfect pitch. The Spirit scrutinizes everything, even the depths of God. So we let the Spirit do what the Spirit wants to do for us, scrutinize our own souls, not somebody else. This isn't for somebody else today to point the finger and say, you need to figure out your moral life. This is to look at my life and let the Spirit scrutinize what I need to grow in. So for instance, let's just take some examples. Is it a sin to miss Sunday Mass? Yeah, so we can say, okay, that is the what. You don't miss Sunday Mass, so that's the what because it's a sin, but why is it a sin? Because God wants us to be fully his children and he calls us together to feed us with his word and his body and blood so that the spirit can come in and scrutinize everything and anything that's not of him, he can condemn that from our lives, from our souls. He wants to gather us into that. So it's not as a way of condemnation that he says, you must be in mass and obey, pray, pay and obey. But you come to Mass because I want fullness for you. I want to pour out all that I am for you, and if you miss out on that, then you live in a life separated from me, and that's not living. How about living together outside of marriage? We don't do that. Why? Because we want to snuff you out and say, minimize you or your freedom? No, that's to increase your freedom and to say when we are living outside of marriage together, we've already committed to each other our vows at the deepest level as we shared our, our bodies with each other and it's a schizophrenic act because you're totally committed to one another and really there's no commitment at all. So it's a preservative to keep us from confusion and disintegration, splitting down our soul. And Jesus talks about killing today. Killing is it's not a, a physical act. It, it starts much more in the attitude in having the proper, the, the disposition of who we are. And if we even say raka to our brother, meaning, you fool, then we are liable to the fires of Gehenna, that place of the stench and the burning outside of Jerusalem, garbage dump. And so, the the killing can be in our own attitude and how we even, it starts with our thoughts, but then we can say things about people that kill them, gossip, slander, just not dealing with people directly. When we need to talk with them. Another thing is squelching the feud before you come to the altar. So if you come to the altar and realize you have something against your brother or sister, lay your gift at the altar and go get right with your brother and sister. This is. This is an incredible teaching because Jesus is saying that what takes precedent even over the, the pinnacle of the Israelites' life, which is worship in the temple, is you got to get right with your brother and sister before you come here to this, the heart and the pinnacle of your life of worship together. Leave that gift at the altar and go get right. How is that not challenging? How is that not a clear, incredible demand? How is that not so radical and to the core for us? But it has to be that way because these radical demands will lead us to radical fullness and that's the point. And that's the why. I think we've lost so many people from the Catholic Church because we've just said the what. Go to church on Sunday. You have to do this, you have to do that, which there's nothing inherently wrong with that. The why hasn't been there. Well, why, What's the purpose of this? What's, where's this going? Tell me to act against my own free will or coerce me into the situation that I don't want to be because it's not something where I want to be. Just following rules without any meaning in the purpose of those rules to bring us to fullness. The Lord's teachings in this can seem so futile, and we can feel helpless and hopeless to follow. How many of you felt that? You keep confessing or you keep thinking about, this. I'm doing the same thing again. I'm doing the same sin. I have not made any progress or traction. Who of us has not broken promises? Who of us has not been greedy or lustful or broken our commitments, our covenants, or faked our way through a day? We all fall short, and therefore, I think one lesson in this is we fall short. We do not judge other people. Yeah, we can say, you know, that, that's a sin, but we do not judge other people in what they're dealing with in life, and that we're all called to holiness. We cannot exempt ourselves from that. So, brothers and sisters, friends, the commandments, these laws, are not for self-incrimination with guilt for you. The whole purpose is an invitation to the very fullest of life, Jesus Christ. What is sin? Sin is the disease we deal with. It's separation from fullness. We want to deal with that and understand that and ask Jesus to take away. And how important is sin to him? Jesus uses hyperbole. He uses a a metaphor in our gospel today. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's that important. It's more important to get rid of sin than to have your eyesight. Because he wants us so badly to be with him forever. And that's why we come together, the church, to help each other to that same end. This is a journey, the law is a journey to the why, not so much the what. The insides of the law, to the pitch of the perfect pitch, what Jesus is commanding us. And again, it's not a command you obey, but it's a command, live, live in my life. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, John 10, 10. This is exactly what he's calling to us in the law of this day. And anyone who talks or writes or preaches about this and people remain unmoved or bored, then we aren't doing our job who are talking and preaching. Any teenager that leaves here today unchallenged with the, the, the radicalness of the mass and the call of the gospel, any one of us, then we're simply not listening. We're saying, I'm going to hear what I'm going to hear, and as is, after Mass, as is in terms of my life, not as, as is in terms of the great I am who's calling us to fullness. And so that's the invitation in the law, to get to the insides of the law, to get to we have a Father in heaven who wants to share his heart with us is Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit I think the saddest thing that we could do today is to walk out of this mass and say as is in my life the way it's going it's fine because that's a lie it's not there's so much more for us. There's fullness. Radical demands, but radical fullness is what the Lord God has for us in his commands. Just wanna close with a little quote from St. Teresa of the Little Flower. Sanctity does not consist in this or that practice, but in a disposition of the heart, which makes us little and humble in God's arms. I pray that you and I, I pray that we will have the proper disposition to our Lord's commandments for our fullness of life. That we will be little and humble in his arms. Amen.